If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the dim reaper to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the argument by rhyme. So a fairly clearly named one this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> None of your stories need to back this one up. It's just uh yeah, it's it's rhyming. It's using slogans or kind of phrases that rhyme to make your point instead of using a, an argument, really. Um this can be sometimes quite hard to spot, although obviously rhyming is fairly easy to spot. <laughs> yeah. But there's sometimes you can rhyme and it's not a fallacy, that's fine. If it's a kind of rhetorical device, it's one of many rhetorical devices that people tend to use, especially politicians, but also people in, in just generally making speeches. And if it's just part of a supporting argument for what you're trying to say, then it's not really a fallacy. It's it's where it's used to try and convince people of something in the absence of using other arguments or better arguments. Yeah. And it's also it's one of those things that it sneaks things under the radar or makes something instantly accessible so that you don't concentrate on what they're actually trying to say or whether they've got any proof for the thing that they're trying to say because you're caught up in the rabble rousing there you go there's a, there's a rhetorical alliterative <laughs> thing it's the make america great again it's that it's giving people an anthem it's crowd surgy stuff yeah this is it? a this is a, a specific part of a a concept called uh, style over substance, basically, mm -hmm. a kind of a fallacy called style over substance, where this is about rhyming, but yeah, basically something that sounds nice to you or something that sounds pretty or, or easy to process mm. by your brain yeah. is is more attractive and, and more likely to be thought of as true. There's a thing called the Keats heuristic, because of Keats saying beauty is truth and truth beauty. Right. Saying that something beautiful, some like an elegant mathematical equation, is is likely to be seen as as right, yeah. correct, yeah. even if it's not necessarily correct, because it's more attractive than one that isn't. And I wonder so, if it comes from it stems from nursery rhymes. You know, we've been brought up with learning stuff, so it's it's something that's very comforting and very. Yeah. Uh, it's the it's the source of authority because when we were learning it as kids, you'd learn, you know, all of those things from people in authority, and you would just trust that what they told you in this appealing way was therefore true and therefore to be believed. So there's something that is an appeal. It appeals to that need for not having to think too much and defer to people in authority which 
Trump. Yeah, there's there's loves. definitely something in that in terms of that you know we're surrounded essentially by rhymes in songs, for example, mm. and and poetry and and yeah nursery rhymes things like that it's part of how we learn yeah so that that definitely factors in in fact the, uh, only today i was uh undoing a, a nut on my motorcycle but but from the wrong way round. so i was looking down on it and, uh, and that, exactly exactly yeah. that's how i did it <laughs> so i was kind of working out well actually that's left from where i'm looking but no where my hand is i need to go the other way because he's righty tighty loosey lefty exactly that yeah <laughs> so we are going to discuss aphorisms a little bit later on in fantasy in the wild but um for now with our trump examples this first one it's arguably not quite a fallacy, really, but it's it's the bit that kind of inspired us doing this one this week, mm. because Trump tweeted about uh, the protests that are going on at the moment last week, and he ended with saying, "Any difficulty, and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts." Yeah, <laughs> he claimed <laughs> yeah. afterwards that he wasn't threatening anyone. When he said that, he wasn't saying that we will start shooting you if you loot. No. Which is obviously what he was saying. Yeah. But he he claimed that actually he was just saying that there is, you know, it's a fact. There's a correlation between looting and people getting shot. So, like, Uh, look out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was and, not convincing. His, no, and it's also <laughs> his, it's a backtracking and, on it. And the the other thing that the the reason we kind of based this episode on the rhyme fallacy on that tweet is I think because he's trying to make policies simply because it rhymes. The, that yeah. whole thing, <laughs> there's something about it being menacing in the extreme as well as being simple. You know, he could have had, you know, when the looting starts, the rerouting starts. So we accept it will be rerouting. <laughs> we'll, we'll send people in a different place. In a place, different direction. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely, or yeah. The, when the looting starts, the abluting starts. So we will start, <laughs> you know, washing you down with, washing, with water, water cannons. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, but, that, but it's, right. so it's... Yeah, he wouldn't know the word ablute, so <laughs> Boris Johnson would. So there's something about that, and you can, I, well, I can imagine him rubbing his hands with glee, or the one free hand where he's not tweeting, with glee, thinking, aha, yeah, I've got a, you know, I'm I'm making a, a, a clever rhyme whilst inventing policy, but also, yeah. you know, and you think, really, you're going to invoke martial law by twitter yeah and unfortunately i mean the the thing is that this this phrase is not new by any means although trump claimed not to know where it had come from bizarrely he just heard it somewhere i guess (laughs) but documentaries um, about nazi germany possibly yeah, or well, or possibly the uh, '60s and the civil rights. Right. Um, yeah. George Wallace, the yeah. segregationist politician, used it in 1968. Before that, it was used by a police chief in Miami, Walter Headley, and yeah, it was about riots, and it was used at the time essentially to to warn the the black rioters, the yeah. people who were uh, rioting in kind of support of civil rights, yeah. that they they would be shot. And yeah. it it was kind of a, an unapologetic, essentially, promise 
of of police brutality. Headley said, we don't mind being accused of police brutality, he said in 1967. They were deliberately attacking people in Miami and and later in the 60s in Detroit. It's kind of used in this context Mm. by segregationists and racists who are anti-civil rights. And Um, and, that's its its history. It's a knowing throwback to that time so it's a and it's it's used by white supremacists yes i'm looking at you trump to to recall those times and to say you know we did it then and we'll do it again whilst retaining you know barely credible plausible deniability and he's going oh no i've never heard it before of course you have because you rotate in those circles they're the kind of people you admire that's the, the those are the policy makers that made policy when you were a kid and you thought it was all right because you're a you know a, a white privileged billionaire allegedly yeah. Uh, yeah and and this tweet did get flagged by twitter for glorifying violence and after a while days after it was actually tweeted you could only see it by clicking on a thing to say I'm happy to see it basically yeah. it was, and you couldn't like it or or retweet it um, but the interesting thing is a few days before this on the 29th of May someone started a Twitter account called suspend the prez mm-hmm. yeah. and and all they did was retweet or, or just tweet in the same words what Donald Trump tweeted yeah to see if they them would. not being yeah. the president meant that their uh, account got suspended. Yeah, yeah. It lasted sixty-eight hours wow. before their account was suspended for glorifying violence. Wow! And it was, and it was these tweets, the ones that yeah, included yeah. The, the when the looting starts, the shooting starts, wow. that got it suspended. Yeah. But obviously, Trump has not been suspended for glorifying violence. Mm-hmm. They just uh, they mm. hid the tweet from view. For our second Trump example, we go back to his State of the Union while he was under investigation. Oh, yeah, for, those heady the, days. That, yes. You know that Russia hoax Yeah, thing, you know that thing. Uh, yeah, that yeah, turned yeah. out to be nothing. Yeah. 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 So, um, obviously, in, in the State of the Union, he couldn't resist drawing attention to it, and he said this. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States, and the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics or ridiculous partisan investigations. If there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't have legislation and peace and if you have him, anyone being investigated no. at all, apparently, no, no legislation um, without no investigation no. without without legislation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So that isn't true. Um, <laughs> no, because because you can you can still do that. You can still the because con- Congress passes the laws crucially, and so it, the president doesn't need to not be under investigation because there's several Congress people. There's quite a lot of them, and some of them can be making laws while others are involved in investigations. Yeah. And it is not a uh, binary choice between no. those two things. <laughs> and surely you want to actually have it such that the people who make the laws would themselves be subject 
to the laws yeah, being enacted upon them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, during, you know, as it has yeah. always been in the past. Yeah. yeah. As it has always been possible to investigate people whose job it is to make the laws. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and weirdly also lumping in like peace and legislation as if those two things are connected in some way with yeah war and investigation yeah uh, well yeah there, there you go well that's yeah that's kind of yes let's have the nice things together by <laughs> by inference you know beauty is truth yeah so uh, uh -huh. then by inference investigation is on the same side of the fence as war you know, a, which we all know war is a pretty bad thing. You know, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Finally, in this section, is an example from Kellyanne Conway, who, again, at around the same time, actually, went on Fox and had some fun with words. This is how I see it so far. This is to help all the people at home. What's the conclusion? Collusion? No, we don't have that yet. I see <laughs> illusion and delusion. So just so we're clear, everyone, four words. Conclusion? Collusion, no. Illusion, delusion, yes. I just thought we'd have some fun with words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, this is... I, I said that our first example wasn't necessarily a fallacy as such. It was just kind of a, a kind of a pretty yet scary way of saying something. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was... Whereas this one is clearly... This is... The, the only argument here... <laughs> is is rhyme essentially yeah yeah, um, yeah. We, <laughs> the conclusion is collusion no uh instead we have illusion and delusion yeah so that's it it's just a weird way of saying i don't agree essentially yeah um, so, so here's here are some other words to replace that one <laughs> it's a weird argument <laughs> Well, to call, we you know. rely on Kellyanne to provide us with <laughs> fun with words. Yeah. yeah. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. So Boris is one for rhetorical tricks. I discovered in looking this up, there are two versions of Boris. One where he's an ebullient huckster, basically a snake oil salesman, a bit like Trump. You know, when he's giving a speech to justify the current set of beliefs he's um, operating under, then he will pepper it with um, Latin phrases, um, references to literary works, and he will also shove in some rhymes and some... Uh, it does the equivalent of Trump saying, as you know, as the well-known phrase or saying, and then comes up with a well-known phrase saying that nobody knows. It's not well-known at all. And so that's one side of it. And the other side is when he isn't, like when he's up against the ropes, he will revert to the, a rule of three. So it isn't, he doesn't use rhyme, but he uses a lot of alliteration and rules of three in order to, uh, well, mainly as a an ad hominem attack on his opponent. Um, but when he's doing, whenever he does the rhymes, that's when he's the... Uh, TV presenter Boris, when he's Boris the showman, when he's on the ropes, he either ums and ers 50 times a minute or he reverts to ad hominem um, alliteration or rules three. When he's making the rhyme, he isn't doing so in order to sneak some evidential dodginess through. He's doing it in order to um, distort distract i think and make people do that 
um, nursery rhyme response and think, oh, you're you're clever. You're giving me something in a way that I can digest it easily. I wrote down it lacks substance. It makes light of the subject. And it's also, I think it, he knows about the structure of get a good chorus and a hook and I've got a hit. He kind of knows how to do that and proves that he's uh, one of us. So the, the one example that stuck out for me as soon as we decided to do this one comes from his first speech as Prime Minister on the steps of Number 10 uh, when he, I think he declared himself the People's Prime Minister. But he, he had, there was like several rhymes that go on in that. So there's, I've snuck in several examples. So here's the first one. And so I am standing before you today to tell you, the British people, that those critics are wrong. The doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong again. The people who bet against Britain are going to lose their shirts because we're going to restore trust in our democracy. <laughs> they're, they're, gloomsters. Gloomsters and well doomsters. English word. Yes, exactly. So he's done a <laughs> rhyme, but he's made up two words that in order to get them to rhyme gloomsters are people who are gloomy and people who are harbingers of doom which neither which they don't rhyme so you just make up some words gloomsters and doomsters and you think oh yeah you're hip you you know you know about tiktok and you can um, make up words with the rest of them uh, so if you can't find a rhyme you make one up gloomsters and doomsters for made up words or you make up a phrase that nobody's ever done before because it's completely cringeworthy and I maintain it's the kind of thing your dad would say to sound hip because it is time we unleashed the productive power not just of London and the South East but of every corner of England Scotland Wales and Northern Ireland the awesome foursome that are incarnated in that red white and blue flag <laughs> It's horrible, wasn't it? The, the awesome, the awesome foursome. The, yeah, the awesome foursome of of England, Scotland, the Wales, and Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, it's like the Fab Four. Weird. You know, it's that the awesome foursome. And then he's kind of, and then he does the rule of three: the red, white, and blue. He's trying to knit together the awesome foursome to unleash the potential. There's another. It's just filled with bloody sloganeering. Um, also, to completely misusing incarnated because. I mean, that literally means in a body. Yeah. So it can't be in a flag. You can't incarnate something in a flag. You could incarnate a flag in a person. Yeah. Like Churchill could be the incarnation of, you know, the British flag or, or yeah. whatever. But yeah. the flag can't be an incarnation of something. Well, see, that that's interesting. You you say the the, the Churchill illusion, illusion because Boris is, was determined to be Churchill Oh, he's, yeah. he's written the the least authoritative and the least well respected autobiography autobiography biography of <laughs> biography Churchill. Of Churchill yeah. And when he did this speech, when it, and if you can stand it, go watch it. He walks back into the to number ten, kind of with his shoulders hunched and his hands in his jacket pocket, and then he stops and waves, just like Churchill. He's been studying Churchill, and he does that, and you think, what the hell are you doing? It's just awful. He's doing these tricks, and you think, why is he doing that? The awesome foursome. Who is is listening, and who believes him? Particularly in the since the coronavirus pandemic, the awesome foursome 
are moving in completely different directions at different times. The First Ministers of Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland are not doing what London says we should be doing in response to the easing the lockdown after the pandemic. So the awesome force isn't united at all. It's not incarnated in the in the flag. You know, it's just going, what? Well, that, the flag was a mashup anyway. The 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 union flag is a is a mashup of of four regional flags to when the united kingdom was created so they just like mashed all the flags together and if you go to scotland they don't fly that one they fly the flag of st andrews don't they the saltire yeah yeah and if you go to wales they don't have any of that they fly a dragon and if you go to northern ireland the irish flag you know, so it's it's nowhere, and, and then if you go to the more Brexity bits of England, they fly the St George's Cross. So there's yeah. there's no kind Luton. of you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no kind of union stuff except for Carnaby Street in the sixties or Timbrook Taylor's waistcoat, and uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, the other the last rule that he uses when it comes to doing rhymes is to is if you can't find a rhyme just rhyme the same word over and over again, which reminded me of Coldplay lyrics. Fully determined at last to take advantage of Brexit because that is the course on which this country is now set. With high hearts and growing confidence, we will now accelerate the work of getting ready and the ports will be ready and the banks will be ready and the factories will be ready and business will be ready and the hospitals will be ready and our amazing food and farming sector will be ready and waiting to continue selling ever more, not just here, but around the world. And don't forget that in the event of a no-deal outcome, we will have that extra lubrication of the £39 billion. So he just kind of rhymes, ready, 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 ready. The fallacy there is that nobody is ready, particularly, and then he sneaks at the end, if there is no deal, we will have the added lubrication of the £39 billion which is calculated from the 350 million uh, <laughs> a week over a period of time. I thought that was going to the NHS. Exactly. Yes, which we, yeah. which was a lie anyway. So <laughs> he does all this thing. Said, "Yeah, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready for leaving the EU." And even if we're not, if we're going to leave without deal, which we won't, we will have the extra lubrication of this money, which we haven't got anyway. So it's just empty, hor- yeah. horrid. I, I feel I feel the need to point out yeah. that again, like the argument from Rhyme, it's not necessarily a fallacy. These rhetorical devices they are just a part of making good speeches, actually. Yeah. Um, to make your speeches sound can both convincing and nice. You know, these rhetorical devices of, of using that word at the end. I mean, it's essentially like Churchill's going, "We will fight them on the beaches." Yes, we'll yes, fight exactly. Them on the landing grounds, yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. same. You know, repeating the same phrases is part of a good speech where it becomes your argument is yeah is potentially fallacious yeah yeah i know that well hence my that's why it was difficult to kind of nail down the the fallacy in gloomsters and doomsters or awesome foursome <laughs> where where is the fallacy it's just it's just annoying and that, fundamentally <laughs> what's interesting is and i couldn't find it and i'm sure there is an example because I can remember noticing it happening because it was out of the ordinary for Corbyn to do it. And he countered one of Boris's rhymes 
with a rhyme of his own. And I realized that that seemed to me to be the strongest way to <laughs> to counter uh, a rhyming fallacy, if it is a fallacy, or even if it's just a rhyme. Um, you know, fight rhyme with rhyme. Fight rhyme with rhyme. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know, let the uh, let the punishment fit the rhyme. Yeah, that's the. Uh, and for me, the reason I remembered it, but I can't, couldn't find it. It, you know, it just isn't anywhere. But um, I, the reason I remembered it is because when you do that, it for me um, sits uncomfortably with the the position of authority, power, and uh, therefore the level of seriousness one ought to be. Uh, conducting oneself in office that I associate that with and I associate that with the way that Corbyn presented himself in the political field whereas Boris is all about being light-hearted and approachable and accessible and what that does for me is cover up the fact that there's there is nothing below that it is style over substance so when Corbyn did it it was surprising because it's out of the ordinary for him, because uh, he's a lot of substance and very little style, which <laughs> would, had been problematic against Cameron, who was also style over substance, and against Theresa May, not so much of a problem, but certainly against uh, Boris, who's style over substance. Just one final note was during the campaign for the last election that Boris got in as a result of Labour's an MP Barry Gardiner told Politics Home, you know, clarity of message gets pretty boring after a while and clarity of message actually begins to take people for idiots. It begins to take people for fools and that's what the Tories are doing. So there is that, I think, also is the counter to the fallacy of rhyme, uh, the argument from rhyme, because after a while you... If you hear it often enough, you just think, "Well, hang on a minute. What do you? Why are you? Why do you just keep saying that? It's too simplistic. We need some more substance." Yeah, that's definitely part of this. Mm. This fantasy is oversimplification. Yeah, because it does reduce a complex issue sometimes down to a simple slogan, yeah. Um, yeah. and in an effort to make it more accessible and more digestible. And I guess and that's how you would counter it. You work. know, the the way to counter it is to say just that. But, of course, that in itself is a long <laughs> and in, indigestible thing. So how better to yeah, If only we could it. make it rhyme. If only we could make it just <laughs> rhyme. Yes, exactly. So you're kind of caught within your own... <laughs> you're hoist by your own petard. There we are, Duran Duran there with Hungry Like the Wolf, which contains the line, Discord and Rhyme. <laughs> okay, I was wondering where you were going with it, yeah. really, because the trouble is with this one, obviously, is most songs rhyme. rhyme so you exactly. could have gone 
in a lot of different directions. Yeah. But I thought, well, actually, there, is, there must be a song about, and then it just popped into my head. There uh-huh. it is, song with Discord and Rhyme okay. in there. Yeah. Plus, and I thought, oh, that'd be easy to sing. It's not, not at all. Oh my god, it was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the fallacy in the wild we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective and this week we start with uh, the probably classic example really of this fallacy which is from johnny cochran like the defining moment in this trial the day mr darden asked mr simpson to try on those gloves and the gloves didn't fit remember these words if it doesn't fit you must acquit so a very Elegant summing up of his position. Bullshit, obviously. Because <laughs> <Obviously. laughs> yeah. there are other reasons why the glove might not fit when uh, OJ tried it on in court, other than the fact that he didn't kill yeah. Goldman and, and his wife. For example, the glove could have been planted there. It could have been shrunk by the blood that it was soaked in. It, OJ might have not really genuinely tried to put it on properly. His yeah. hand might have been slightly swollen that day. Yes, There's a number of reasons why it wouldn't immediately be obvious that the glove would fit his hand when he tried it on in the courtroom, other yeah. than he was an innocent man. So, Yeah, one of them being, well, we'll, we'll make it <laughs> so that it appears not to fit and will make yeah. that the key piece of evidence yeah. so in a kind of Cinderella kind of way. Absolutely. Yeah. And so narrowing the whole thing down to if it doesn't fit, you must acquit, which he then expanded later on in his closing to things not making sense uh, in the kind of uh-huh. Chewbacca defence type right. thing. That <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca lives on Endor, does not make sense. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> the other part of the argument he used this in was saying that the prosecution had alleged that OJ was wearing a, a kind of a knit cap as a disguise. Yeah. And... And they were saying, look, he's like a really famous footballer. Um, a knit cap isn't a good disguise. So yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is, a, a, again, it's it's the whole thing narrowed down to a, to a nice, neat phrase that everyone remembers yeah. years and years after it yeah. happened. And uh, it, it is not an argument. And, no, it's not a good it's argument. A, it's a false dilemma, Reliable isn't it? One. Yeah. So, our second example is a an advertising jingle. Have you tried Wheaties? Their whole wheat with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties? For wheat is the best food of man. They're crispy and crunchy the whole year through. The kiddies never tire of them and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties. Well, crispy and crunchy the whole year through. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. This kind of represents all advertising jingles because basically most advertising jingles rhyme. Lots of advertising slogans rhyme less these days than they used to. Mm. It used to be a really big thing in adverts to have a rhyming slogan, but yeah. it's it's definitely dropped off a lot more in the kind of last couple of decades. But this advert in fact is is probably the first recorded advert jingle wow uh, this was played on uh, christmas eve in 1926 wow in just just in the minneapolis area yeah and uh, wheaties at the time 
they were only advertising using using this in Minneapolis. And Great Mills, I think, was the company that owned Wheaties. And they were thinking of getting rid of the brand because it wasn't doing that well until the, the advertising head uh, for, the, for the product pointed out that half of their sales across the entire US were in Minneapolis. Wow. And that was the only place where this slogan this radio jingle was being played yeah. and so that was obviously driving a lot of sales right. and they started then advertising using this jingle across the whole of the US and Wheaties is still around wow. today so uh yeah it was it's pretty effective and yep. the reason it's effective is because when something rhymes not only is it easier to remember but people actually think it's more likely to be true Mm. which is super weird yeah <laughs> but it yeah. but it has been researched and there is a published study brilliantly called birds of a feather flock conjointly nah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> what they did was they took various aphorisms like that like birds of a feather flock together yeah. and woes unite foes what sobriety conceals alcohol reveals right and wow. they came up with alternate versions that didn't rhyme yeah but that said basically the same thing yeah and then as a control group, they took non-rhyming aphorisms like short pleasure, long repentance mm -hmm. or good intentions, excuse ill deeds. And again, came up with alternatives to those which also didn't rhyme, right. essentially, yep. but meant the same thing. What they found was a dramatic improvement in people actually thinking that, that they were true. The accuracy wow. that people applied to these aphorisms in deciding whether it actually represented real life or real behavior mm -hmm. of people or what actually happened. In, in the non-rhyming versions, the original versus their own made-up ones yeah. didn't really make much of a difference. But right. in the rhyming ones, the, the original rhyming one versus the non-rhyming one, yeah. it, they were far more likely. They were, I think, 20 two percent more likely to to say um that they true. that that is actually true yes wow. even though the the non-rhyming version that they came up with meant essentially exactly the same thing i wonder if that goes back to my thought about that those kind of things that rhyme were how we would learn you know, Lucy lefty righty tighty, you know, A B yeah. C D E F G H I J K L M N O P <laughs> Q R S T U V <laughs> that doesn't W X Y and Z really you know, you just, no, but there's that's kind of the, rhymes. But, yeah, but the, yeah, I mean the, but yeah, the pauses but, <laughs> on the rhymes on the rhyming yes, yeah, letters. Absolutely. So you would learn the the order and the and the places that the, you stop because it rhymes and it sure. makes it easier. It's something to do with mnemonic chunking. So that yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. So that way it gets shoved in, and and then you start to attach. Well, then that must be true to it because that's the true order of things, <laughs> like the uh, the alphabet. You know that those things are held to be true. So therefore, that you start to spread out the thing that if it rhymes, it must be true rather than I've learnt the truth of things through a rhyme. Yeah, and in the same way as stuff, uh, I mean, you hear things like an apple a day keeps the doctor mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. 
No. <laughs> it's no. Uh, as a as a suggestion that you should eat more healthily. Yeah, that's uh, that's sensible, but yeah. that it's not true. No. That the point is what what the the researchers kind of theorized. Absolutely. Yeah. The the thing that the the researchers theorized in this was was the kind of the Keats heuristic, the mm. kind of the ease of processing basically makes our brain more likely to recall it and accept it and and be attracted by yeah. the concept of yeah. it and and in the same way as people assume just as a cognitive bias that attractive people are also you know better people more honest and more mm. likely to be rich and that kind of stuff yeah the, an attractive phrase we see as more likely to be true it's a it's a cognitive bias called rhyme as reason the interesting thing for me about this is that we really don't see rhymes that much in adverts anymore mm. And obviously we're in the UK, so our ads are going to be different to a lot of people listening. But we had things like a Mars a Day helps you work, rest and play. Yep. We had a, a, a hover mower, lawn mower, that, that the yep. slogan was it's a lot less bother with a hover. Yeah. And things like that that were fairly iconic adverts and we remember them still. But, but there aren't many around anymore that use mm. that method. Mm. And one article that I read from a marketing professional said that they they thought the reason for this was that it's a kind of it's an easy win it's like low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. and marketing executives like to prove how smart they are right yeah. rather than going for the uh, the you know the classic advertising jingle rhyming jingle yeah they'll try something cleverer right but actually all of the studies show that rhyming makes it easier to remember and more likely to believe it's true so really yeah, yeah. advertising should be using rhyming more so it's not subject to what Barry Gardner says about clarity of message. You know, it gets a bit boring after a while. It gets, it feels like people are being taken for idiots. You know, that I think kind of thing is a lot of people are idiots. So <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it works. There you go. And they will continue to buy <laughs> if, stuff. If that, yeah. If the, if the idiots are your target audience, there you go. It's a rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So before we move on to fake news this week, we have an apology because last week we said something that was just totally wrong and it's unacceptable. It's it's not within what we expect of ourselves or of Fallacious Trump's editorial control. Mark said that The Godfather didn't win an Oscar, which is not true, of course. Oh, did I it say was, that? It was oh, the best film. Was yes, the... you said you said that the Godfather was... Two was better than Godfather because it won um, an Oscar and partly because Godfather Two won the Oscar. Of course, Godfather won Best Film Oscar. Ah, I'm right. it was deeply the... ashamed that you didn't that spot I didn't it, pick at you up it at the time. Yeah, yeah, and that I didn't spot it when I was editing and <laughs> left it in there. And fortunately, <laughs> one of our patrons, Aya Sakurai, pointed it yeah. out, and, and we are for... we are very sorry. Deeply and humbly apologise um, for that. But almost almost worse than that, right. in the same episode, you also said that Justice League was a Marvel film. Oh. Which, of course, it's a DC film. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Which is partly why it was so shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, at the time, I did say... I had tried to block it out of my memory. But right. Again, I'm ashamed that it didn't. It didn't just leap out at me as as. Right. Of course, yes. Because so. of course, ba uh, Superman and Batman are both DC characters. Absolutely. Aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is that was why it was by shit. another of our patrons, yeah. Richard Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Richard. 
Thank you both for that. that. And we are very, very sorry. Deeply, deeply sorry. Okay, so also, uh, before we move on, we have a poll that we would like you to answer for us because for our patrons, we have been reading Bob Woodward's book about the, the... Trump White House called Fear. So you and uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so you can kind of listen along. We haven't been reading it like out loud to patrons. No. We've we've been we've been reading doing it all the it. voices and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then discussing it all yeah. of the stuff that came up and we found it interesting yeah. and we have finished it. We've we got to the end of it last week. So we're looking for something else to read yeah. that people might be interested in listening to our take on. And we thought we would go with something which is. Uh, possibly something we're less likely to agree with and and something that will be challenging and interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we have four options on our uh, both on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump and also on our Patreon page for patrons. So if you are a patron, thank you very much and please go and do the poll on there. And if you are not a patron, I mean go and be a patron but if you don't want to do that then join our facebook group facebook.com slash group slash fallacious trump and you can choose between trump jr's book you spat the word book out there quite oh, God. yeah <laughs> quite, uh, the, quite venomously the, here, <laughs> it's called triggered how the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us yeah. there's a QAnon book QAnon, an invitation to the great awakening which frankly mark and i that's our favourite at the moment because yeah. I mean that's just it's probably second to the it. Scientology almost certainly it's that, there's yeah. <laughs> there's Boris Johnson's almost certainly very racist novel Seventy Two Virgins yeah and and please, Charlie please Kirk's book The MAGA Doctrine which I was so. delighted to see existed because <laughs> that yeah <laughs> yeah friend of Jim's on yeah. Twitter uh, Twitter episode oh, of Charlie Kirk yeah Charlie so, Kirk the, the the modern godfather of Logical fallacies, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh-huh. Trump's real so, son. Um, yeah. So, if you think that that we should read any of those, or if you have another suggestion that you'd like to make that you can put on there, then please go ahead and answer the poll. And whichever one, we'll com- kind of combine the votes from Patreon yeah. and from uh, Facebook, and then we'll we'll start reading it, and Excellent. you can hear what I, what we think about it. I'm I'm at work trying to get the Russians to hack the poll so that the one that we want to win wins. Uh, now, yeah, Russia, if you're listening. If you're listening, please, yeah, please, please vote for QAnon. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So I'd just like to point out that over the past 50 episodes, on the 51st, if you just look, you'd plainly see that Jim simply took all these points from me. That's very good. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> there is a theme for this week. Right. I This week is the first time I actually had, I had written, I'd, I'd got my clips, I'd yep. got two clips sorted out i'd written a third and i have thrown them away because today trump did a press conference wow oh right okay (laughs) that that was was so rambling (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so i started from scratch completely yeah and i've done it all again wow Um, so there'll be the lost tapes we'll have to (laughs) release that one as the lost game well we just chalk that one up to me 
because uh, I already oh, got yeah. that one. Yeah. So these these are all from Trump's press conference today, right. which was to announce the amazing job numbers mm-hmm. in in May, because it seemed like there was that it was going to be kind of record unemployment, yeah. and it was only just kind of record unemployment. Oh, okay, not as quite as much as people thought. Right. So, so it's another one yeah. of those great success things that actually yeah. Boris Johnson yeah, said on Wednesday yeah. in Prime Minister Questions. Yeah, great success. Fewer people died than we thought would, but yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But of course, he didn't stick only to job numbers because he's Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so statement number one: tremendous progress is being made on vaccines. In fact, we have ready to go in terms of transport and logistics. We have over two million ready to go, if it checks out for safety. And it's also the nice part is we have four companies. I guess you could even say seven or eight companies that are doing some similar and some very different on the vaccine front, and some similar and some somewhat different on the therapeutic front. So tremendous progress is being made on that. Wow! So you get right. Yeah, we can have four. I guess you could even say seven or eight. What happened to five or six? You know, like four or five. What? Yeah, yeah. You just say whatever number. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> None of it's true. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Statement two. Yeah. They have to receive fair treatment from law enforcement. They have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully George is looking down right now and saying this is a great thing that's happening for our country. It's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great, great day in terms of equality. It's really what our constitution requires and it's what our country is all about. I'm sitting here with my mouth, my jaw has dropped. And that, yeah. Yes, he is referring to George Floyd yeah. there. The, Looking down right now, saying it's a great thing. Yes. Have great day for our, Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. Statement number three. Mm-hmm. The experts all said, and these are genius people, some of these people I have a lot of respect for. I watch them all the time, and they say good things about things. And they were saying, they were all saying, because although they say they're experts, they really don't know anything, and they <laughs> couldn't have gotten this more wrong. But it's because they didn't have any faith in me, and they should have, but I proved them wrong. So we're really doing amazing. Okay. I don't want him to have said any of them. So when you threw the other two away, did you just make up three? (laughs) Right. Okay, tremendous progress. See, that's another bollocks about numbers, isn't it? We have have two million ready to go if it checks out. Well, where are they? In terms of transportation and logistics, we have two million. It's a bit like in terms of capacity, we can test 100,000 people a day. Yeah, but you're not. Okay. It's not even that when you're talking about vaccines. It's like in terms of of vans, yeah, we can deliver. We can deliver them, yeah, as many as you like. That, many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming they're quite small, so you could fit you could fit yeah. a lot in a in a you know a, a UPS van. You could fit, yeah, two million in terms of van space. We have the capacity for millions. It's just we don't know how big the syringes will be. Right, it's tremendous. That's tremendous progress. Okay. So the see the, uh, the number two. I'm thinking. Would he really say that? I don't want him to say that. But then I'm thinking, would Jim written have written that? That's okay. Mm, mm, silence says it all. So the experts said they're genius people. Okay, good about things. Okay, I think number. Th- Three, mainly because I want him to say the other two. Number three is the one that you made up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which of the other two 
are you more convinced by? Uh, okay, I, I I'm appalled by it, but I think number two. Okay, yeah, you genuinely think he said he invoked George Floyd, saying it's a great day for him. Yeah, I really wanted to say that because it's just appallingly awful. He didn't, did he? You made and that up. Number two yeah. is yeah. Real. No, my They have to receive God. fair treatment from law enforcement. They have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking no. down right now and saying, this is a great thing that's happening for our country. This is a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great day for everybody. This is a great, great day in terms of equality. It's really what our constitution requires, and it's what our country is all about. No way. Jesus. (sighs) Now, a lot of press, when this happened, which was only, like, it was less than kind of six hours ago, as we record this, went on Twitter and wrote articles saying that Trump was saying that George Floyd should be happy about our job numbers and our economy right because that's what the speech was about right. it was about job numbers yeah and a lot of right-wing sources then immediately said no look at it in context he's not talking about that he's talking about something else right um uh, unclear exactly what they thought he was talking yeah. about because it's unclear what he was talking, fucking about. talking about yeah yeah <laughs> because is he saying that they've received fair treatment and that there's equality we there is saw... very little way to know that. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the the thing is, he had some notes for this speech written down at his lectern. It was about an hour long, the speech. It was or kind of 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And I'd say he probably had about five minutes worth of stuff written down. Whoa. Because he kept, he kept reading out a line yeah. and then going off on a tangent yeah. for, for five or ten minutes. And then he would read another bit. And just before this bit, he read, there must be equality for a people of all races, creed and colours and all that kind of yep. stuff written down. That yep. was his kind of official statement. Uh, but that was out of context. There wasn't, that hadn't led on logically from something else he'd said, because before that he'd been on another tangent about something else. Right, yeah. So he he read that bit out that that didn't say they're doing anything about it. There yeah. wasn't any indication that they they have a plan. They were just saying, you know, basically our constitution requires yeah. us to treat people equally. Yeah. And and then he said this. So why it's a great, great day in terms of equality, yeah. nobody knows. No. That has nothing to do with it. Afterwards, he was asked why George Floyd would think the economy, mm-hmm. would, you know, why that is good for him. Yeah. And also, like, what's your plan for dealing with systemic racism yeah and and he said the plan is to have a strong economy he was pretty pissed off that he was being asked the questions mm-hmm. but he he said his the plan is you know to have a strong economy and that's good for everybody right so he was he was very much linking all the stuff he was saying about equality and good stuff to the economy it's kind of i mean obviously disingenuous goes without saying almost for the yeah. for the right wing sources yeah. but to to say he wasn't claiming that the economy was what george should be happy about because that's the great stuff he was talking about in the speech there wasn't yeah. any other great stuff no. to talk about no and and actually there, the great stuff he was talking about wasn't particularly great because the, no yeah because the forecasts had been for for potentially 
at the worst case, 20% unemployment. Right. And it came in, right. uh, the official figures, at 13.3%, which is compared to 20%. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in all other senses, terrible. Yeah. And, and he was saying that there have been 3 million new jobs uh, during May, which, of course, there haven't been. No. First of all, the number was 2.5 million. And secondly, those were jobs that, million and a half of them were from restaurants and bars and they were because states started reopening mm. they took yep. back the people who they had furloughed right so it's so that's it those are the those yep. are a million and a half of the new jobs the other million are other companies that had taken people back that they'd laid off so it doesn't change the fact that since march 40 million people have newly signed on for unemployment yeah. benefits yeah it's just that some of those jobs since the states have forced their states to reopen and therefore stopped paying money to businesses in yep. kind of compensation the businesses have to reopen and they have to have staff so they've taken people back on yeah so that's not a that, that's a that's a, a failure of government rather than a yeah, success absolutely. for the government yeah yeah this is not a marker that everything is brilliant this is a marker that everything was uh, shitter than shit. it's ever been <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> and we're we're hastily scrabbling around to try and find yeah. some measure of success that yeah when actually <sighs> Both in terms of Trump and Johnson's management of how the the governments have dealt with this crisis, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, I mean we're the second worst in the world, only to the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you also Jeez. think that number one is real? Yeah, and number yeah. one yeah. is real. Tremendous progress is being made on vaccines. In fact, we have ready to go in terms of. Uh, transportation and logistics uh we have over two million ready to go if it checks out for safety uh, and it's also the nice part is we have four companies i guess you could even say seven or eight companies that are doing uh some similar and some very different on the vaccine front and some similar and some somewhat different on the therapeutic front so tremendous progress is being made on that on 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 what some similar um, yeah <laughs> so there there's seven or eight companies that are doing some similar or four some or four yeah that are doing some <laughs> similar and some very different what of doing what similarly similar. and differently on or the different. vaccine front yeah either similar or different basically yeah and and some um. similar and <laughs> and some not quite as much difference <laughs> so they're actually yeah the, both, the range of difference the range of difference on the therapeutic less, front is is lower somewhat less <laughs> yeah so the some most very, some of the similar. vaccines yeah. very different very different some of them some of the, aren't even for the coronavirus yeah some of them are like you know um, just yeah. made of spinach and then, and then but, <laughs> but on the therapeutic front mainly people yeah, are doing exactly the same stuff <laughs> but but, but yeah, you couldn't really tell them different. apart. Yeah, somewhat different. Yeah, so the, so and they have over two million ready to go. In in terms, in terms of, transport of transportation and logistics, and logistics. So over two million. Not in, not in terms of vaccines. No, no, no in terms. They don't have any ready to go. Of, in terms of vaccines. two million what? Two million miles? I don't know. What we've got? We've got a lot of rail track in terms of vaccines. What? It's just it's made up shit. It more than it's more. No, it, have we just got to notice it more, or is, is he actually <laughs> becoming less? Is he getting worse? Is he getting That's worse? Yeah, yeah. It would be worth going I mean, back a, and looking at was, old ones. Yeah, and just yeah. 
It's always been a bit I don't know. I remember, I remember some of his early press conferences as being particularly crazy. But um, yeah. Well, at least, yeah, at least amount... he's got something to focus around, focus his craziness around at the moment. Yeah. Not that that makes a difference. Think... <laughs> <laughs> Part of it is the fact that there's it's such a stark difference when he's reading to when he's mm. just speaking extemporaneously. Yeah. He, because he can barely read. So, mm-hmm. so he's kind of concentrating and not emoting at all. Yeah. When he's reading. Yeah. And, and then he'll, like something will spark in yeah, his brain. Yeah, he'll alight on a word. Because it's the first time he's read it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because he, does, cause he and, doesn't go yeah, into planning. And then he'll just, yeah. no. It will spark something just riff and he'll go, on that oh, that reminds minutes. me of a of a episode of Archie Bunker I once watched. Yeah. Which means that statement number three was indeed fake news. And and you have won again. Hey! So you're definitely on a on a good roll. Hey, wow! Oh, that's cool. I think it was the I've I've really enjoyed it, but it was it stuck out like a, a good gym joke that they've got a lot of respect. I watch them all the time, and they took good things about things. But in another week, that would be exactly what he would say. <laughs> so that's yeah. the you know it's not that's the tricky <sighs> thing with those. They're not that far from the truth, and yeah, it, perhaps if you rhymed them. Then maybe I would yeah. swallow them whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Tear Gas is Not a Logical Fallacy. Because uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about Trump's photo op, basically. Right. That not his that, his that, sudden getting of religion. <sighs> we're not we're not talking no, about No, weirdly, yeah. he didn't express anything particularly about the bible that he clumsily fumbled upwards yeah. uh outside st john's church yeah um he just kind of held it up took took a few photos and then left again yeah so yeah this was last monday when trump went and gave a, a quick uh, press conference in the rose garden saying that he was an ally to peaceful protesters minutes after the park police started essentially attacking peaceful unarmed protesters in Lafayette Square and on H Street actually between uh, the White House and Lafayette Square who were around half past 6 half an hour before curfew kneeling and chanting and then the park police advanced on them with shields and firing uh, pepper balls and by some reports rubber bullets and smoke grenades and flashbangs to disperse a constitutionally protected protest, which is just kind of fucking amazing. Yeah. It reminded me, you know, and it's not coincidental that this week is also the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square protests, which were brutally crushed um, Mm -hmm. and written out of Chinese history. You know, there's a whole generation that can't, that haven't been able to, Google it, can't get um, onto that. And, and which that, Trump has yeah. praised the Chinese for how they handled it. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's what? It is, it, you know, not even in Berkeley, California, when the uh, proto- anti-Vietnam protests were going on, there was like one incident there where students were fired upon and, that kind of stuff, and and at the time that was just an appalling episode, such that it led to the downfall of Nixon, and 
was, you know, that things were put in place to stop that from happening for the last 50-odd years. And Trump's just going, oh, yeah, everyone's, you know, we should be, everyone's got the right to protest, but I'm going to go out and be a military dictator and crush people peacefully protesting so that I can walk across the park. Yeah, why so would, that he why could would... seem a bit less weak Yeah, after people said that he went into a bunker on Friday night, yeah. basically. So he needed a photo op outside of the White House grounds. And to do that, they needed to to get rid of the people who were peacefully protesting outside the White House. Yeah. And just unbelievable scenes the 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 park police and and the other law enforcement agencies that were involved released statements after saying that because initial reports were that they'd used tear gas because that was what reporters saw they saw people who were coughing and yeah. and who had clearly been um engulfed in an irritant gas and and they saw the smoke grenades and things like that the the Park police claimed that they had not used tear gas and that they, you know, people have been throwing things at them and and this was not a planned thing. It just was kind of a response to violence against them. Mm. All there's so many reporters covering these protests. There are so many scenes from there's there's like literally kind of uncut two hours of footage from some cameras. There's there's footage from Australian media, CNN all kinds of different organisations that show absolutely no violent protests yep. going on yep. during this time. They they show what was happening at the point when the police mm. advanced. In riot, um, in riot gear, when, yes. there's, when there's no riot. Yep. And they yep. didn't fire CS gas, mm. which has been called tear gas in the past, but they did fire pepper balls, which right. are explosive things filled with a kind of aerosolized pepper spray yep. which is according to the cdc definition tear gas yeah so it's really a kind of a kind of argument by definition mm. to say it wasn't tear gas and they were forcefully moving people they were attack they were hitting people there's footage of a an australian media cameraman being whacked by a, a policeman with a riot shield wow kind yeah. of just coming coming around a corner and being hit repeatedly with batons as they retreat. There's a, a thread on Twitter at the moment by a lawyer. I'll put the link in the show notes. I can't remember if, uh, his, his name at the moment, who is kind of listing on Twitter incidences of police brutality in these protests about police brutality. Mm. And yep. he is the thread is up to about 250 entries at the moment. Wow. And, and these, are, these are kind of video documented cases. Sure, some of them are going to have not much context and we won't know exactly what happened just before the the video started rolling. But a lot of them we can see that people were either already retreating, some people have been kind of sprayed with pepper spray while they're walking away. We've seen a number of in incidences of um, police targeting journalists. Yeah. They There are people who are clearly media. They either have big cameras, they have press credentials, they are saying, we're media, we're press... Uh, as they're being attacked, we saw an, a CNN reporter literally being arrested on camera. Yeah. Who the again the police said, you know, after they convinced us that they were media, then they were let go. But he had his CNN credentials yeah. there. He was literally presenting live at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it, 
it wouldn't have been difficult to to figure out what he was doing there. Yeah. There's an unbelievable level of this um, militaristic police force being used during these protests. And it's it's not universal. There are some peaceful police who are standing by and, and in some cases even kind of putting down their shields and standing with the protesters. Yeah. And there are, of course, good policemen. And unfortunately, there are also a lot who are not doing the right thing either following unlawful orders or taking it on themselves to suppress peaceful protesters with violence. On the other side, of course, there are there are violent protesters as well as the peaceful protesters. There are people who are throwing things, there are people who are attacking police, and there are groups looting and destroying property. According to the government, according to Trump at least, and, and a lot of right-wing voices those ones who who they aren't blaming on the the black protesters those are being organized by antifa mm -hmm. the fbi have said there's no evidence for that whatsoever mm. the fbi have found evidence however of white supremacist groups and right-wing groups who are organizing violent attacks and looting under cover of these protesters yeah. and, yeah. and that, that then can be blamed on the peaceful protesters mm. in those areas so it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's, just, it's a lot. It's kind of you know on the very shallow view. It's it's like the worst scenes of um, Back to the Future Two when you mm -hmm. when the whole of the the normalization of violence and uh, you know squalor and degradation is just uh, that's what's shocking about that bit of the sequel is that well that's just that's now normal that's the and it's been brought about by biff tannen and it's sufficient to need to go back and change history and that's you know the first thing that it brought to mind was that and you think oh yeah that was really shocking within the world of um back to the future and this is appalling because it's real and it is the, the yeah. same kind of narcissistic um, need to be seen to be doing the right thing or need to be seen to be strong. And what that brings about is the suppression of people who are peacefully protesting as protected by the First Amendment. You know, they're, doing, they're exercising their constitutional right to speak freely and and Trump thinks it's a, a, a show of strength to suppress that how is yeah. how is that and that he's the, and he's the president and, of the and when United you look States. at the difference when you look at the difference between how these protests are being dealt with and a few weeks ago when groups of armed white men were marching on state houses because they couldn't get a haircut. Yeah. The difference in the police response to that was outstanding. Mm. The, you know, the the most they did was stop them getting into congress people's offices basically. Yeah. Yeah. And they and these people are holding up signs that mm -hmm. you know in the in the neighborhood of the White House saying we don't like the way you're doing things. And and that's kind of 
it and what that warrants is a massive crackdown by several you know armed and riot geared up law enforcement units taking down the the peaceful protesters who are unarmed and you know kneeling down not doing anything not making a noise and um, news coverage also being taken out by the same people whoa and you know who where, who do you turn to that's the that was the the terrible thing in in previous riot situations that have happened where people were yeah. would say when the police are doing this who do you turn to well that's the thing cuz if you believe the second amendment people that why their guns are important is in case of tyrannical government and you know police attacking the populace yeah so that you can fight back yeah they those aren't the people on the street fighting back yeah at the moment yeah they they are presumably sitting in their houses or doing a bit of looting sometimes yeah they are yeah. they are not seeing this as a, the government oppressing its people yeah in any way no. and and therefore something that needs to be fought against it no. is bizarre yeah well because they are the, the if they're oppressed by the you know, they're saying, we're, we're the people that need to be being oppressed. And they yeah, are, yeah. you know... It needs to be specifically them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they were being dealt with quite even-handedly in Michigan. So, yeah. So the, the, the fact that this happened because a coward felt the need to look strong by, by standing outside a church awkwardly... Yeah. I mean, the, the walk from the White House to the church was lined with with heavily armed military looking police yeah who who had kind of cleared out anyone who was anti trump or anyone who would who would cause any kind of problem at all that's not that's in no way strong no. there's nothing no. scott walker tweeted hard to imagine any other potus having the guts to walk out of the white house like this with a picture of trump kind of in lafayette square it's not strong. No, it doesn't take guts when you've got no. 400 policemen smashing peaceful protesters who might complain a bit out loud. That, no. That doesn't take guts. It, that, that takes a no, massive militarised police force. You know, absolutely. It takes no guts at all. We could do that. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a weak man's picture of a strong man. He's a poor man's picture of a rich man. Mm. He's, a, he's an idiot's picture of an intelligent man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, I don't see how these people can look at him and think look at the guts that it took for him to do that. No, because if you know, it would take guts to go to kind of say you guys stay step aside, then you're mispresident, you can't go out there. No, no, it's fine. Sit down. Yeah. I'll just go speak to them. You know, that which I I just had in my head the vision of Obama doing that. He would walk out I could see him walking up to the gates, being told not to by his guards, and then just saying, open the gates. And then, you know, getting people to talk to him. That's that's guts. You know, that's presidential. Yeah. Let's take previously possibly the worst president, Nixon. Yeah. In 1970, there were anti-war protesters at the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Protesting against the Vietnam War. And Nixon went to the Lincoln Memorial and talked to them for two hours. There you go. 
Yeah. And he's the last person we would say is presidential. He, yeah. he didn't, like, give a speech. He went and heard what they had to say and talk about his feelings about it mm. to them mm. individually. And war students and, and war protesters. He didn't need the, the police to shut down the memorial and, and clear the clear area the so that he could yeah. go there. Yeah. I mean, what is there to fear? What, that's the thing. Well, what, once you've got rid of all the people who were kneeling oh, and yeah, chanting, nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, but, you but might get... Ch chanting, kneeling people. Yeah. Very scary. Ooh, you might get chanted at and knelt at, knelt in front of, you know, which is what he wants everybody to do anyway. So you would think he would just go past anointing them in a papal kind of way. But, Jesus. And then he, and then he stood there, just not saying anything holding a bible upside down like he'd never held a book before yeah which we know and, yeah <laughs> which yeah yeah and then when a reporter said is that your bible he said it's a bible <laughs> <laughs> no shit yeah it's a bible <laughs> it, it's a bible yeah that's yeah oh god yeah uh, yeah because that was the the best picture they could think what what does it even mean that's the no, there's yeah. nothing exactly. No. There's no message there whatsoever. No, holding up a Bible outside a church that isn't. There's no. There's that's not getting anything across at all no. about him or about the situation or about his thoughts or anything at all. Yeah, it's not saying anything. I mean, the most obvious thing to do would have been to to get rid of all of the the people that you thought looked dangerous and just choose a few people that you thought you could totally take yeah and then and and have them kind of protesting and him talking to them yeah that, that would have been, been a photo, photo op. op yes exactly yeah if you've got the president coming out of the white house to talk to the protesters who are yeah. who are standing outside wanting their voices to be heard yeah that's that is powerful that would yeah, be on yeah. all the papers and in history books, yeah, you'd need somebody with a with a placard with "fuck Trump" on it, which is just resting on his shoulder, or is or is upside down <laughs> on the on the ground, and him holding it and holding forth with Trump. Yeah, there's your history book photo. You're quite that's right. Funny. Yeah, but standing that's fucking awkwardly outside a church holding up a yeah. book. That's not going to join up with you know putting flowers down the ends of rifles or. Or no. that woman who stood looking at the riot police. Or the man in front of the tank in Chinaman Square. Or yeah. fucking Kendall Jenner handing a Pepsi to a riot policeman in a Pepsi ad. Yeah. I mean, that's more iconic. Exactly. Than, yeah. than Trump standing yeah. holding the fucking book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, quite. You see, you can't even compete with your own trash, <sighs> trash TV heroes. <laughs> Jesus. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Tom Cotton, a Republican senator from Arkansas, advocated sending the military in on Twitter on Monday, calling for no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters and looters. Cotton later claimed that no quarter means not treating them kindly, and even found a dictionary definition to back that up. But others pointed out that he was specifically talking in the same tweet about the military being sent in to suppress the looting, and in a military context, and for that matter a legal dictionary, that's not what no quarter means. In that context, quarters are where people stay, so if you give them no quarter, you don't give them somewhere to stay, because instead of taking them prisoner, you kill them, even if they try to surrender, which is a war crime. Which sounds about right for an Arkansas Republican, to be honest. There you go. Where's the best place to go when you've constantly fermented civil unrest for years and it finally comes home to roost? 
The presidential bunker, of course, you'd think, but in another blatant display of I didn't do what you all saw I did, old Jodie Foster film reenactor Donald was at great pains to painfully deny he didn't get rushed to the underground White House panic room during the protests happening outside the gates, but that he was just coincidentally inspecting it and was in there for a tiny amount of time. Well, yeah, compared with the period of time dinosaurs ruled the Earth, yes, it's tiny. And what's more, it was apparently another routine inspection visit like those he occasionally undertakes, having done so two and a half times before. How do you half visit somewhere? Go there, but spend time tweeting on your phone so it doesn't really count? A bit like popping to the church across the square to visit in a half-assed way, not actually to worship, just to clutch a Bible and kind of inspect the place. For someone who thinks no one is watching... He sure behaves like everyone is watching. That is out of all of the lies, and there's been a lot of lies. Yeah. I think this is the least believable one. I mean, the most obviously, it's... (laughs) He was... uh, Several news organisations, including Fox, had people inside the White House telling them that the president was was rushed to the bunker for an hour on Friday night. Yeah. Because because they said so, because it was, you know, just in case, basically. Yeah. You've got to keep the president safe. Everyone understands that. Even those of us who aren't keen on Trump think that, you know, you should probably what protect you the probably president. probably do, yeah. If, yeah. if your perception was um, that he was in danger, you so So the idea that duty. just on the same day, the Secret Service went, do you want to have a look at the bunker? Just, that. you know, yeah. have just check it. We've... Because that's on his list of yeah. stuff that's really important for the president to be doing. I'm not sure it's still there. Do you want to just go down and have a look? I think I might have left the light on. Can you can you do that? You know? It's it's like if you know if a husband is caught cheating and he was you know he's like the first thing that comes into his head is oh I I got a new job inspecting bedrooms. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh, right. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. You're working funny hours. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just very inconvenient. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've been here. I'm probably here. not going to still do the job. No, I'm probably going to give it up. I've only been here, to, been here before, only two and a half times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so bizarre. Two, two and a half times. It's like, <laughs> how, it's like if it takes three men to dig two That's coincidentally holes, how many times he'd met Putin. At two and a um, half, yeah. According to one of the things he said, it was two Perhaps and a half. Perhaps are times, in yeah. that, yeah. Like, yeah. How many yeah. how many men did it take to dig half a hole? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't do it. After three years and more than eighteen thousand lies, Twitter finally had enough and flagged two of Trump's lie tweets a couple of weeks ago. Trump claimed that the governor of California was sending mail-in ballots to anyone living in the state, no matter who they are or how they got there, which it hardly needs saying is bullshit. Twitter added a note at the bottom of the tweets with a link saying, get the facts about mail-in ballots. Trump, who is virulently anti-facts, got a bit upset by this and decided to do his usual vengeance thing by writing an executive order threatening Twitter's liability protections under Section 230 of the Telecommunications Decency Act. Section 230 is the part of the law that says Twitter isn't legally responsible for literally every tweet anyone tweets. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me that if Trump requires Twitter to take responsibility for all the tweets, the only reasonable thing that Twitter can do is ban people who tweet obviously false and libelous stuff. You know, like Trump. Mm. I think my mum would call that cutting your nose off despite your face. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So yeah, I, I know what I'll do. I'll get them. I'll make them shut down people who deliberately tell lies. Well, he obviously, I think there is a there's a massive disconnect between what he says and what he believes he's said. So it's that <laughs> it's that. Every why are you thinking this is a lie? It's come out of my mouth. I am the president. Uh-huh. Ergo, <laughs> it's not a lie. If the president says it, it's not a lie. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. 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 And I'm the president, aren't I? People tell me I'm the president. Many people have said I'm the president. I've got it written on my hand. Yeah, got every time I wake up in the morning <laughs> and look in the mirror, I got, it's tattooed on my face. You are the president. Yeah, you're boiling an egg and you're the president. Yeah. Oh, and somebody murdered your wife. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> in a direct response to Trump's use of the law enforcement agencies to clear the battle space of Lafayette Square of protesters basically complaining in a First Amendment kind of way about how things are being run, that well-known pinko commie left-wing sympathiser, ex-Trump Defence Secretary General James Jim Mattis, soon to be a never-Trumper, I suspect, made an extraordinary statement to the Atlantic on Wednesday, fundamentally saying we do not need to militarise our response to protests. We need to unite around a common purpose. And it starts by guaranteeing that all of us are equal before the law and that we are witnessing the consequences of three years of Trump's deliberate effort to divide the American people. We are witnessing the consequences of three years without mature leadership. He pretty much concludes, we can unite without him. Drawing on the strengths inherent in our civil society, we must reject and hold accountable those in office who would make a mockery of our Constitution. Wowzers. Now that's presidential talk right there. This man worked for you, Donny, you idiot, and you forced him out, you idiot, and we know why, you idiot. One of the obviously false and libelous things that Trump tweeted during that week when he was desperately trying to distract people from coronavirus news and before the world started burning was a bizarre conspiracy theory about former congressman and current TV host Joe Scarborough. Joe and Trump used to be buddies until Trump went full, well, Trump. And since Joe started speaking out against him, Trump has been using his old vengeance tactic again. Cue many tweets just asking questions about an aide of Joe's who died in 2001 and about whether Joe had got away with murder. So many tweets, in fact, that the dead woman's husband wrote to Twitter to ask them to remove Trump's tweets and pleading with Trump to stop trampling her memory. Well, now it turns out that in 2017, Trump had albino mannequin Jared Kushner contact the National Enquirer and try and get them to run the story. They looked into it, but couldn't find any evidence of wrongdoing. So the takeaway here is that the President of the United States is continuing to push a conspiracy theory which didn't meet the high editorial standards of the National Fucking Enquirer. (laughs) Yeah, he's a proper journalist. Wow. Good news. Heeding the advice from that well-known liberal centrist Republican, yeah right, Mitch McConnell, the good Republican people of Iowa... Very fine people on both sides, remember, have ousted nine-term Congressman Steve King, who is notable for having questioned whether minorities have contributed anything valuable to Western civilization and displayed a Confederate flag on his desk. He was wondered why it's offensive to be called a white nationalist and once argued to a far-right Austrian publication that elites were trying to reduce the white population and increase minorities. It seems even the Republicans eventually tire of such extremists. Nine terms, though, people. Sheesh, come on. 
In beating King in his re-election race, Randy Feenstra said he'd promised he would deliver results for the families, farmers and communities of Iowa, which implies King hadn't. I wonder if Iowa might think twice again about voting for a Republican in the White House now. Could happen. They voted for Obama in 2008. I mean, say what you like about Iowa Republicans, but it is good to know finally that they do have a limit. <laughs> After yeah. nine terms yeah. of Steve King, just, he's yeah. finally... I mean, how long's the term of office? It's two, two years, yeah. Congressman. How, two years. So that's 18 <laughs> years of that. Well, you kind of think... Yeah, I did look at the... Um, the statistics for Iowa, it's like a 90.7% white population and a lot of it are farmers. And you think, well, is that Trump's hinterland? You know, is that his base? And then to find that they had voted for Obama in 2008. Yeah. You know, so I, I was about to commit a logical fallacy, I expect. So Yeah, and given the stuff that's going on at the moment and coronavirus and Trump's response to it, Iowa and and yep. places like Ohio and and some of the places that did vote for Trump that had previously voted blue are are going down in the polls for Trump in their support for Trump. So, mm. yeah. Mm. You probably thought 2020 had thrown everything it could at us, right? Well, last week in Meerut, India, a group of monkeys attacked a healthcare worker and stole a batch of coronavirus blood test samples. No news yet on what the monkeys were planning to do with the samples, but whoever had Rise of the Planet of the Apes on their 2020 bingo cards, congratulations. I, for one, welcome our new monkey overlords. Whoa, that is <laughs> properly exactly that, isn't it? They're idiots, they finally did it. That's all we need is Charlton Heston to forego <laughs> yeah. his NRA. Um, you, you blew it all exactly, to hell. and just kneel on the beach. <laughs> <sighs> Britpole news now. Well, what a fortnight it's been since we last spoke. Boris Johnson, the committed politician and self-titled People's Prime Minister, has been throwing everything that the government has got in its power at the crisis facing us all in the coronavirus pandemic. Saving lives, protecting the NHS, controlling the virus? No. Saving face, controlling the media and protecting his personal advisor and actual leader of the country, Dominic Cummings, who, in the midst of the peak, stay where you are and don't leave your house, especially if you had the virus bit of the lockdown, left his house in London with the virus, got in his car with his wife and son who may not have had the virus at first and drove 260 miles to another house because his instinct was to seek help with childcare from his parents because there's none of that in London, where his friends are like three miles away. But Boris says it's OK, because he followed his instincts, whereas other people who had done so to check on aged parents had been fined, and others who'd not done that and were, weren't with their loved ones as they lay dying were obviously foolish because they didn't follow their instincts. Desperate to show that he was still on the side of the people, not the elites, his invented term during Brexit, by the way, Cummings held a press conference in the Garden of Number 10, like ordinary people do, and thus proved he was one of the elite. And as we'd all suspected all along, that the rules we're asked to follow don't apply to them. When asked about this for several days afterwards, Boris said he thought the British people, yes, them again, had had enough of this and would like to move on. When he just plainly had enough of this pretense of being all mindful and caring and supportive of the nation and would like to move back to how it all was before. Still, there's only four more years to election or four more months till the next lockdown. 
So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, be it about Godfather Part 2 or not, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. You can connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.